everyone and welcome to episode 176 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Laura. Hi guys. How are we doing today Lauren? We're doing all right. I mean yeah we've we've just had a bit of a busy day, bit of a crazy week but we are recovering I think. We're we're getting there. We also instigated a very large discussion on YouTube about how you should say a certain character's name, yeah, which was fun. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of opinions. There were a lot of opinions, and um, very strong opinions as well. I think some of them logical, some of them yeah. not so logical. I uh, found some it, of them uh, were rather comical. I found it uh, really interesting, actually, like how many people um, pronounce Titus, um, Titus, Titus. Well, Titus, Titus, I guess. Um, naturally, because of their language, like I didn't realize so many languages actually use um, e for i. And that sort of thing. Like I saw, I, I, for some reason, always, I, I was sort of thinking that that was a Japanese thing, but then I forgot the fact that German actually has that as well. Um, so I think like I, Spanish people were saying as yeah. well and stuff. So I found it really interesting the similarities between like certain languages and that, um, and that maybe we're just a bit, uh, we're just a bit of ourselves because we are native English speakers. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the whole localization question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's one of the Who things I touched on. For? Like, if you don't have a point of reference, if the voice acting doesn't exist, then you will naturally look to pronounce names things. the way that you would interpret them in your own language. Yeah. And so with um, with Titus, Titus, obviously as English speakers, Titus was the more natural sound. Mm-hmm. For other uh, other countries with their languages. Titus wasn't a natural sound, but that's when it comes down to localization. There's nothing wrong with having Titus be Titus be Titus in some countries and in mid Titus in others. It's that's perfectly yeah. fine, and they've done that with other characters as well, as we've seen with Terra and Tina. It's yeah, it's not too uncommon for them to just change it. Nope. Nope. It's just one of those things, you know. It's yeah. it's an interesting one that people get very passionate about. Because yeah. they all have their personal opinions about how it should be said, and they own, they have their own they have their own rationales as to how it should be said. I know, and to them that makes perfect sense. But to other people, it's just like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Sorry, nobody likes to be told that they're wrong. They do not. <laughs> so um, yeah, we've we've kind of put it out there as a, as more of a discussion. It's more to see how people actually feel about it mm-hmm. in terms of wh- whether or not, because obviously Square Enix have officially put out the fact it's Tedus. They've had him as that in a couple of games. Um, and it's just kind of to feel whether or not people actually care that much Mm. because yeah like it's as James Arnold Taylor said in his own video about the subject it really doesn't matter like you can have a personal preference his is Titus because he thinks it makes the character sound more interesting but if you want to call him Titus everyone knows who you're talking about yeah it's the tomato tomato thing I mean like it's it's actually something that I deal with quite a bit over here that I get really irritated by, um, actually, and it's probably going to be something that uh, <laughs> people will josh on me for as a pet peeve. But um, over here, people like to correct the way I pronounce things, even though I'm pronouncing them as an American. And it's just like, well, you know what I meant, so you don't have to correct the way I'm speaking. But did you mean this? But did you mean this? It's like, um, I mean, I know that I've looked it up with humus and hummus and i just hate saying humus i think humus just sounds so wrong but hummus for me sounds sounds it's, better and that's the way that people's pronounce it where i'm from it's like um when i guess like people like patrick stewart when they say uh, words with the begin with w yeah and they really like enunciate the 
where yeah and it's like did you mean didn't you mean herbs like didn't you mean herbs and or sorry herbs instead of herbs and I'm like well you know exactly what i meant it's just that i pronounced it with no h but yeah. that's another story for another day but I yeah mean, i think probably one of the most interesting um points i saw was around the fact that like if you know someone's name is something would you purposely say it wrong to their face even after you found out that, that they didn't say it that way yeah and it's like well no you wouldn't but, no you but, wouldn't be but, rude but, but then this Titus is a fictional yeah, character it's a fictional character so <laughs> this isn't a real character anyway right Sorry, so that guys. was that was something we discussed uh we 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 got the ball rolling on that one um, if anything meg ryan is the closest that we're going to get to titus in real it's life true. it's titus very true it's very true you know so just 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 call meg ryan titus or titus and see what she maybe says maybe we should ask her how she feels it should be yeah. said and that can be the deciding factor because exactly. if anyone yeah. knows how it should be said it's meg ryan exactly because she is him like essentially but anyway so today we are gonna have something of a questions episode we put it out there that we want to answer a load of questions we've got a load of questions to answer um, got what we one, asked of, for. one of them we've put as the kind of the primary topic of the episode and that was because like a really kind of struck me as something that would just be really interesting i haven't really pre-planned what i'm going to say for this and lauren hasn't either no so not really we're just going to kind of free ball it but ultimately we're going to ask the question of if we were the ceo of square enix right now we were replacing yosuke matsuda we were duoing it yay mm. yeah Post, tag team. Boom. um what would we do what would we do differently who is your daddy and what does he do yeah yes. that's us yeah <laughs> and then after that we're <laughs> we going to answer all the other questions we've had we're mm. gonna try and get through as many as we can without making this episode an unreasonably long mm. one uh, famous last words daddies yeah famous yeah last yeah words. we'll see how we get on anyway for you new folks final fantasy union is part of a podcast series called final fantasy and kingdom Hearts union and it's presented by the gaming union network we have a new show every tuesday in rotation with kingdom Hearts union and we come on the itunes store as well as finalfantasyunion.com and now we are going to read out everyone who has pledged $2.50 or more per episode on our Patreon. Whee! And we're going to start off with Blue Machine at Blue Machine. And Lewis James. Nahi Kablawi. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58. Josh McNabb. Mohammed Kayum. Rachel Casterton at Urban Ray. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1. Darren Matthews at Doomster 23. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Mike. Ishbel Ayala at Red Peppers. Vitanitas. Rob Porter at Squirty Bertie 1. Tobias Cappy at the Tobias Cappy. And Nathaniel Jackson. Yay! Thank you, everyone. Thank you guys so much. You may have noticed I actually changed the ordering. <gasps> I know. I was a bit thrown off. I was just like, wow, there's some of these names that come later, but they're not coming later. I know, right? You threw me right off. Keeping it fresh. You keeping threw it real. off my groove. Um, so before we get on to the main topic, we actually do want to replug the event we talked about last episode. We're probably going to put up like a mini um, episode, I guess, upload about it anyway, mm. just to kind of really highlight it to people. But we are putting on an event in the UK on the 11th of August. Um, it's specifically for Final Fantasy fans, but if you love Kingdom Hearts as well, you're more than welcome to come along. Um but it's just a kind of gathering where we've talked about it before, but we just like to have these events to 
make people feel more included in the community um, so that they can gain connections with people that have similar interests to them. And we try and structure the day around that. So there's um, lots of different group activities, but there's also things like triple triad, the actual them tournaments you can take part in and obviously our customary pub quiz yes and then we have a raffle and um we have like little bits for sale and like that sort of thing um if you're into that sort of thing and then yeah it's just it's always just a really nice day like you just get away and everybody can just chill and meet like-minded people that's what i always find so difficult is to find people who are Find find other Final Fantasy fans who are like me, like in person. Um, I mean, I don't even know anybody within like a five mile radius who we talk to that is about Final Fantasy. I'm glad you said who we talk to there because I was like, I'm sitting right next to you. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, like I I know you, but I mean, like outside of us, like it's 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 a big rarity, really. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so definitely come along um, and yeah, just chill out. I would say that, you know, historically, this is our, our fifth event now, I think. And um, even though we have thousands and thousands of people that listen to this show and a decent percentage of them are from the UK as well, we haven't really had too many people that listen to the podcast come along that, no. that aren't part of the other communities that we that we set up, either the Discord or Facebook or, or on Twitter and stuff. So it would be so great to see um, or, or meet some of you, the guys that you guys that listen to the show on a regular basis. And as we said before, like if you are, if you have any anxieties or you're worried about coming along, like feel free to reach out to us. Lauren is super active on Twitter. Um, if you want to join the Discord as well, if you just go to the Final Fantasy Union website, there's a link to the Discord. Feel free to just message us privately if you want, if you want to discuss anything about the event or, or yeah, like any concerns you have. But it would be so great to to meet some of the people that have been listening to the show because some of you guys have been listening for a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, it it is just crazy how many of them, how many of, like, you guys there are. Like, it's just insane. But yeah, we would love to meet you. And we're, we don't bite. We're not, we're not one of those things where it's like we're different in person than we are on here. Like, we're pretty, we're pretty much the same. Daryl's maybe a bit more mute. <laughs> I will, I'm a bit quieter. You are a bit quiet, but no, it's okay. We're we're very approachable. We're very um, we're very happy people. And with that, we are going to go on to um, our main topic, which Ooh. is taking our happy vibes, yes, and putting it into what if we were the CEOs of Square Enix? What if? And this was actually a topic that was suggested to us by Armadeus on mm. our Discord server. And, you know, so if, if that did happen, Lauren, if tomorrow or even right now, let's say um, today, we got a call from someone at Square Enix. Let's say it's Yoshinori Kataza. He's now on the executive board, right? <laughs> He's just like, guys, Matsuda, the big dog, has decided to step down. We've heard your podcast. We like what you think. Mm. We want you to take over and guide <laughs> us, guide us into this new new path, guide us into a new path and, and take us in a new direction. At first, I would crap myself because <laughs> it's like it's it's so it must just be so difficult to be the CEO of Square Enix, if only because there you're dealing with two polarizing markets 
Um, you have Japan, who are very much about the mobile market and very much about a certain way of of um, of of buying materials. Whereas you have the West, who's uh, treated differently, and you know it's 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 weird. But then at the same time, I guess one of the first things that I would try my best to do is to start treating the West a bit more like I treat Japan. Because essentially, like, with regards to what we're interested in, I'd like to think that us and Japan are more alike than we think. Maybe not as far as, like, the consoles go, since obviously they're more mobile, they're more handheld. But in terms of, like, merch and stuff, like, it's so astounding, this dis- the disparity between the merch that you get in Japan and the merch that you get in North America and even the merch that you get in the UK. I mean, the North American store is extremely different to the UK store. There's so many things that are more available. And granted, like, a lot of that has to do with importing and that type of thing. But, like, it's a shame that there's so many products still that are completely unavailable to us. And like, that's just like a small, a small slither of a way in which they sort of treat us differently. Like the Moogle, the Moogle uh, clock, for example, like, you can't get that anywhere over here. This little carbuncle date thing that I have, like, you can't, you can't get that from anywhere. You have to import it. And it just seems a bit backwards that I have to import it from Japan from a separate seller that isn't Square Enix just so that I can get that you know so basically you're saying that the first thing you would do is look at the merchandising division which is about I'd say five percent of the overall revenue and mm. think let's take that let's make that ten percent yeah well just make it more universal because like there are just so many things that, and maybe it is, maybe it is something to be the be said about like outsourcing, because um, I mean they used to do like mer- they used to do figures with Kotobukiya and that kind of thing. Um, I think that was the name, wasn't it, yep. Kotobukiya? Um, they used to do a lot more collaborations, and maybe that is something to be said. And like the the other thing with the merchandise is what they focus on. Like at the moment, they're doing like. DC focused play arts and like random play arts Kai and it's just kind of like that's not necessarily your market you know like I feel like comic book fans have the places that they go for figures they have the people that they go to for figures and I think most of the time now it is the Kotobuki ones yeah, because they're extremely they're ex- popular yeah they're gorgeous I mean not to say that the merch from Square Enix is bad by any means it's just like the demo- the demographic that they're trying it, to pitch towards. I think it's more like, so one of the ones they've just announced, or well, I think uh, they released recently, was was um, Star Trek. Yeah. Right? And and there hasn't been a new Star Trek film for years. Yeah. It's And it's based on um, Chris Pine's Kirk. And, well, there uh, was Beyond, wasn't there? And that was like a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe. but it's not relevant anymore. No, really. no, it's not that relevant. Like if they were doing one on Enterprise, maybe. Yeah. But... But like it's just yeah, and I'm in in the time where like things like Funko have like pretty much every character you could ever think of, and a lot of people do still buy them. Like it's it's a hard thing to tap into to just randomly be like, 
how about a Star Trek figure that also is extremely expensive com- in comparison to a Funko Pop? I am just, I'm astounded that yeah that this is this is way i i had literally of all the areas that i thought what's lauren gonna focus on focus with on. this merchandising i mean i just think it's the weakest I, I mean it is it is an area like that and that's the thing like if you look at square enix it says financials which i'm trying to do in my mind right now i think it's about five percent of the business mm. and really like that's a decent chunk of cash yeah. and you know and that's from them doing not the most optimal job they don't I think have it's like, fair to say they don't have like any t-shirts like can you imagine how much money like they would make just from releasing an official kingdom hearts t-shirt so you mean or you're wasting that, that you feel like they're wasting their time doing the uh the, the king uh <laughs> king ultima weapon fork uh, yeah um, yeah the, and the wine bottles noodles. yeah 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 i mean like i, I think also, that is the thing like um so you know they had that pop-up store last year, right? Some yeah. of that stuff was was exclusive to that store, right? Yeah. Like, so I think the thirtieth like, anniversary and stuff. stuff. I don't think you can get anywhere else. Like I would have loved that tea set that um they had the tea saucer set, uh for the thirtieth anniversary. I would have I would have bought the crap out of that, but I didn't know about it until some of my friends went to Japan and bought it themselves, and then I found it online, but it was already sold out. But I would have to have imported it from somebody who was like a third party, and it's just like like that kind of stuff. Like I would I would buy, but yeah, like you know what I mean. Like there's just so much stuff that's in Japan even that yeah, I like, would buy. You see it when people come back from Japan; they have these huge hauls of merchandise. And yeah, it's because they can't get it anywhere else. No, and I don't. I I can't necessarily afford to go to Japan right now, both financially and mentally, because I would be carting a baby uh two babies uh, but like i think going back to you what sent you off on the merchandising rant though i think it's a fair point and in in many ways i guess they're kind of doing already like the fact that they decided to just ditch hitman because they were like we can't do this justice like we're not mm. set up to make hitman games the way they should be yeah and i guess in a way, like, so Tomb Raider is obviously a massive thing. I think there would be a real mistake to let that go. Mm-hmm. But they have been kind of pushing themselves away from the West, like the IDOS titles, the mm-hmm. ones that are historically IDOS. And, but then again, they're doing the Marvel Avengers thing, aren't they? Yeah. So who knows? Like, But, but they're I, not going to be it, able to compete with Disney as far as merchandising goes. I guess it's the whole, um, get off the merchandising. Sorry. <laughs> I guess the whole thing is um, like so. You said about the two markets. This is really three as well because you've got mm. China, and mm, China is is huge for a lot of the kind of online browser based games. So yeah, like that's very true. Type Zero Online was very much focused at the Chinese market, um, and I think they've launched other kind of more exclusive games in that region too. But I guess it's it's kind of trigger, trying to figure out like who should be focusing on what because yeah that's the thing where I, I feel they've really lost their focus in terms of they've they're yeah they're trying to cater for too many people with too many different things and i think it would be much more beneficial for them to just kind of say okay your job is to do this your job is to do this and we've talked about it before in terms of the way the business divisions are set up where it's kind of like okay your business division one you have to be a jack of all trades your business division two you have to be a jack of all trades your business mm-hmm. division three you have to be a jack of all trades Instead of saying they do have some that are kind of more mobile specific, 
but BD1 has Mobius. Like BD2 was Tabata. They have mobile games. BD3, they've got mobile games. BD4, yeah. they've got mobile games. Like they Why all, they they're all just kind of games? doing like this kind of thing of okay. So I think BD4, Dissidian, that's Dissidian T, but they're also doing like they do Theatrhythm, they do um, uh, Kingdom. Uh, um, oh, what is the? I'm losing my mind. I can't remember <laughs> these things. But they do uh, they do mobile games as well. And oh no, record keeper. Mm. And um, like, why not just let them focus on doing something that they actually like, so they can get specialized at it. Yeah. Like they kind of try and do it with Tokyo RPG Factory, saying like, okay, so your job is to make kind of smaller 16-bit RPG games, and if they work, great. If they don't, okay, well, you can make some more because they're not too like it's not much of a financial risk for yeah. us. And then, kind of going back to. Like what made Final Fantasy popular in the first place? It, the fact that it wasn't a J, it wasn't a Western RPG. Yeah. So why are we trying to make it a Western RPG? I guess it's kind of like because Matsuda as the CEO, like he will have a steer in terms of the direction that people are going to focus on. So he would be able to say, okay, well, I want to see more returns from the from the merchandising department. I want to see more of a focus on games as a service, which is kind of the stuff he said in the in the reports. Yeah. But. I I try and look to towards more towards the core of what it was while also still being forward thinking. So like Daisy saying, if we're going to do DLC, don't do it badly. Like, mm. I mean, you just look at the way that Kingdom Hearts three is panning out. Nomura has said numerous times, we're thinking about DLC. It's probably going to be something we're doing, but it's not even something we've thought about yet in terms of what it's actually going to be. We're not going to think about the what the actual content of the DLC is going to be until the game is out. And just to reiterate with, I said about the like merchandise stuff um, with like collaborations, like just thinking like they did do some collaborations to be fair, but they did it with like expensive brands that I feel like most of the market can't afford. They have also just announced uh, that they are doing a collaboration on the Final Fantasy IX range, I believe. Mm. So that's going to be um, slightly different. But anyways, but you were saying, um, so you were saying about oh 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 shoot kind of pushing pushing people into like if you if they're doing something what's the point kind of thing like, yeah if you're gonna do your dlc actually plan it out yeah like, yeah actually do it yeah like that is that is sort of the weird thing is that they they do just kind of throw throw it at the fan and see what sticks essentially so yeah it's like you know how how have we got to the point with with kingdom hearts 3 that they don't know what the dlc is going to be yeah yeah the yeah, game, the game's coming and, out in like six months, and, and the fact that everybody is working on on mobile games, like every department, like it, it shouldn't be that. It should be one. There's one department that focuses solely on mobile development, and then the other ones and, focus you know, on console. If, if we're looking at what made Square successful in the first place, or maybe it was two. that you had they had one game they were focusing on. Each division had one game, mm. and I that also, was it. You make that game the best it can be, and then you move on. I mean, they've been really, they've been really diligent, and I think they've been really good to um, sort of cut the fat a bit um, with their mobile games. Like, I mean, obviously they, it was a bit of an embarrassment that they had to cut Justice Monsters Five, but I think it was really great that they did, if only because they just realized, hey guys, this isn't working. We're beating a dead horse. Let's just nix it. I mean, they've done that with so many mobile games. Yeah. I mean, I think the average shelf life for a mobile game from Square Enix is under a year. I think it's great that they can just focus on what they have at the moment. I mean, obviously, Mobius still has stuff to go, but it, it is sort of like, 
and Brayden's gonna hate me. It is sort of like the weaker one of all of them in terms of performance. Like Brave Exvius does really well. Record Keeper does really well. I feel like they should put their resources in that. Opera and Omnia as well. That's the one I was thinking of. And Opera of, Omnia. Because they do Record yeah. Keeper and Opera Omnia. Yeah. So like, I feel like those are their strengths. Um, Mobius, there's also a lot of people who are working on that who are very good and could be more benefited working on on a, a, a different type of game. Not to say that mob- mobile games are bad by any means, but it's just not what necessarily... It's it's like it, it's hard it's hard to sort of say because like I just feel like console is where they're sort of struggling at the moment and console is obviously what the West wants. I know they have to focus on what Japan wants because they're a Japanese company, but like I feel like console is where is where they get people. I mean, granted, they could get more money from mobile anyway. Yeah, I mean, of course, you look yeah. at their revenue projections. Mobile is, is a much bigger part of it, but I think I guess the thing it is, it, about... it's a personal preference. I'd well, rather have more console games than well, well, mobile. I don't think it's necessarily a personal preference. I think it's making sure they focus. Mm. I kind of think the way they're doing it right now is because they want to have different types of mobile games, and obviously, yeah. if you've got the same people making the same mobile games all the time, then they're going to be very similar to each other. But they've ended up quite similar anyway. Yeah. A lot of them have similar mechanics, even though it's made by different departments and different companies. Yeah, like even, well, they even have Kingdom Hearts Key, and that's essentially the same sort of system as the other ones. I mean, you have draws, you have um, it's yeah, I mean, free there's to play. Only, there's only so many like, ways you can skin a cat, right? And Exactly, and they've just... skinned the cat mm, a lot. <laughs> so I guess for, for me, it would be making sure that, like, as, an, as a company like that, you have to have games that, enable you to make revenue quite easily like they're, mm. they're the things that that they essentially mean you can do the r&d like if you look at apple like they they have the same thing they've got their kind of churn products that they put out all the time most companies have those they're the they're the cash cow the revenue drivers yeah. and then from that you've got to do something with the money you're making yeah to, put to, it into to experiment and do something new i i would i would prefer to have more on the side of innovation and, you know, we've said before, releasing more main Final Fantasy games. They've got so focused on releasing spin-offs and, and just exploiting the name as much as they can, but they mm-hmm. haven't done anything to drive it up again. It's They need something to to reinvigorate. Like, Final Fantasy Fifteen did that. They need the next step. They need the next iteration on that to build on it. And, like, I mean, I know I sound like a dead horse, but, like, um, like I'm beating a dead horse, rather. Um... But like, I just feel like, even though Atlas is still is still considered to be quite niche, I feel like they're the company to look at in terms of like their branding. They're like, just they, they're just so much smaller though. I think that's they the thing. Are. It's, it's they're they're Square Enix twenty years ago. Yeah, but I would prefer to buy an Atlas game, like just because I know, not not saying that I wouldn't buy a Final Fantasy game, obviously. But just like with a with an Atlas game, I kind of know what I'm getting. I know that I'm getting the Atlas brand. Whereas Square Enix at the moment, I don't really know what brand I'm going to get. I know that I'm just going to get a game that has characters that I like in it. And pretty music and pretty graphics some of the time. So to summarize... <laughs> you you would focus on smaller areas of the business that are underperforming and make them perform better. Mm-hmm. I would probably make sure that 
I'd apply the Tabata methodology and make sure that people are making stuff that they're actually good at making. Yeah, yeah, I think that's Instead good. of forcing them to make other things and oversee things they probably don't particularly care about. I mean, I know that with Mobius, for example, I'm pretty sure that that was actually Kataze's idea, that mm. they wanted to make a mobile game because they wanted to do stuff with all the, the assets. It's essentially like... An, a redone version of lightning returns like they mm. use a lot of the assets from that game it was quite easy for them to put out and really yeah. that game is probably the most different of all the square enix mobile games that they've got i out did there. like it when i played it but yeah but they could have just given those assets to someone else yeah they could yeah. have just given it to one of the other departments and said go make a mobile game you've got all these assets you can use we're going to focus on making something else like the final fantasy 7 remake or something i don't know yeah so anyway, we're now going to move on to the rest of the questions. And we've got quite a few. So some of these answers may be a little bit short. So sorry in advance about that. Um, we're actually going to start off with a question from Dante Ezio Cifaldi. We had we used to have an email address associated to this podcast, which I guess if you're listening to the back archives still exists. And so occasionally we do get emails from that email address. Um yeah. We don't really check it anymore, though. I and know. so I just thought, you know, we're doing a questions episode. I'm going to check it, see if there's anything in there. And Dante, bless you if you're listening. I have read all your emails. Uh, there were quite a few. And no, you weren't annoying us. It's just that we don't check it anymore. But either way, we're now going to answer some of your questions that you have been asking over the last six months. Well, actually, it was over a year ago. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the first one was um, about the potential for numbered Final Fantasy games to incorporate multiplayer aspects like they did with Comrades um, and whether or not we think they should as long as the story they put in isn't that valuable. Um, I mean, yes and no. Like, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having multiplayer games. My My issue is more so that, like... It's not just a it's not just a multiplayer game like it's you know it's not just like a normal offline game like where you just sort of do it you're finished and then you have like maybe some QA afterwards um like with multiplayer games like we've we've seen like the Final Fantasy 14 team they're they're there all the time so i mean the amount of assets that they have to have on hand to handle a multiplayer game is just so significant that I just feel like it, it it would just be a lot of work. Well, I guess the point here is not that it would be a multiplayer only game, that it, mm. multiplayer would be a part of it. So it could be like like com- with Comrades, it's not the actual game. It's just like a spin off, a piece of DLC. Yeah, or... but I don't know. I just sort of feel like I feel like it's it's nicer for it to just have its clothes because i mean well i don't know i mean i'd like that's just coming from me who's like not necessarily into comrades so like i mean if you're into stuff like comrades like that's totally cool i guess the thing that i would i mean it's kind of what comrades was really but like the way that with final fantasy 15 it would have been really cool if the main story campaign was drop in drop out so Mm -hmm. any one of your friends could just drop in and play as one of the people in your party at any point Kind of like they have with Dark Souls, right? So mm. Dark Souls has it as like a passive multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, like um, yeah, like a server thing where, yeah, like if you need help on a boss or something, they can just hop in and help you. Or if you need help through a certain yeah, area. Yeah, because like most of the time, players will be better than the AI. Yeah. So it should help you out. 
And also, like, if it's one of those systems where maybe you can just drop in, drop out, it could be that you drop in with your character. So you could be, like, super high level, helping out your mate or whatever. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I would like that. Okay, so Dante's next question was about the possibility of a future Final Fantasy game adopting a more Western RPG-style influence where you don't necessarily have a main character as such, but it's more... You get to create your own avatar and they're just someone that resides within that universe. Kind of like what Tidus could have been, really, because... Yeah, and I mean, they kind of have it with, like, Mobius as well. Like, you can really customize your character MMOs bits. have that. Yeah, like Final Fantasy fourteen. I, I honestly, like, I have no problem with it. I think the only thing that's a bit sad is the fact that, like, they never really have much stake in the story. I think it depends, though, because... But you Fallout, think, like, it's different. I'd say Fallout Mass is Effect different. is the best one. And Mass Effect as well. Because Mass Effect, you could create your own avatar, but mm. you're always Shepard. Like with 14, you're quite... You're. I, I just feel like you are a bit of a spectator at times, especially in the beginning. Like you just feel more like a spectator well, to what's going on around you and you just kind of like do things. I guess it's more in terms of the marketing, right? So mm. with Mass Effect, they did a great job of, of making everyone aware of what Shepard looks like, mm-hmm. whether it's male Shepard or female Shepard. Everyone knows Commander Shepard. Yeah. With Fallout, like, I don't know what the main protagonist looks like. It does, but it doesn't really matter for that. But I think no. with Final Fantasy games, you need to have that character to get behind. Like, you've seen how popular Noctis is. If Noctis was a nobody, would anyone like it? W- I don't think it would have the same impact. People wouldn't talk yeah. about the game as much. They'd it it'd be it'd be more complicated than it needs to be, essentially, because. Yeah, like Final Fantasy, like one of the things that um, that drives it is the fact that it is a shared experience, an experience that you can share with a lot of people. Um, not to say that like Mass Effect and Fallout and that kind of thing aren't that way, but it's like a movie, like where you're you're part of like it's hard. It's, it's hard. It's, it's JRPGs, right? That, yeah. that would be a change of the genre because there aren't many Western games where you follow like a, a massive party of characters around. And, mm-hmm. and Mass Effect is probably one of the few Western RPGs that I'm thinking off the top of my head that actually does that. Mm. Most of them are just a single character and you meet people along the way. But and yeah. like Fallout, you kind of have an you ally have that can follow you yeah. around. But, but most of the time, it's it's never like a party no. following a sequence of events and, and you're kind of just observing what's happening, your story playing out. And aside from Mass Effect, I feel like the story is also still quite weak in comparison to a Final Fantasy game. Like, um, I mean, even with like Skyrim, like it still feels like it's you're you're on the outside looking in like it just never felt like i was actually well, because the main storyline is, is generally not the purpose of those games yeah yeah which is why it's i like, feel like it would be it's like it would West, be a detriment western rpgs and jrpgs are like inside out of each other yeah 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 because like with western rpgs or sorry with jrpgs it is just very much like you have side quests but the main story is what you want the main yeah. story is essentially what you need in order to do it. Get the fulfillment of the game, right? Yeah. Whereas Skyrim, you can just run off and just do whatever, wreak havoc, collect a lot of skulls, that sort of shit. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, well, just to close out, whether or not I would want it, probably not. 
yeah I, I'd, I'd probably be more inclined to just keep it as it is but i'm open to things um all right so the next one is from azrael who asks do you think agni's philosophy is an actual project and is it possibly final fantasy 16 i'm gonna say yes no yeah that's my I answer agree. yes and, yes and no i, I yeah not yes and no yes yeah. no I think Agnes Philosophy is an actual project. I think the fact that Tabata's now got his own studio, that means that he can do what he wants. Like, it would be silly for him not to do that because mm-hmm. it's already a thing. Yeah. It'd be it's a good one of the most popular things that Square Enix have made in the last decade. Um, I think if he didn't leverage that, it would be quite silly. Yeah. Because of that, I don't, and because of the fact it's a separate studio, I don't think it's 16 because yeah. he's still working on 15. Yeah, like I just, yeah, I think it would be very hard for them to just turn that into sixteen. It's especially considering they've already just done that with Final Fantasy thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna it. say they could just do it again. Like you know, it it just be a bit like okay, Square Enix, transform into another game, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I agree completely. So so our next question is from Urbi Yon Ray, and they want to know: Will either of us be playing the Final Fantasy X Dream within a Dream event within Mobius? And to be honest, and this is gonna like sort of caveat what I've previously said, um, but like I am kind of interested, and I do kind of want to play Mobius again just to play that event, <laughs> like I do. Um, it's whether or not I can find the time to do it. It's just like the thing that appeals about it to me is the fact that it's the original cast part, like the original yeah. creators are making this and they've said that it's it it is part of it the, like they're trying to make they're it part as, of the lore yeah so that's the thing that appeals to me about it but it makes me curious i just i i don't have the time to play mobius i know i know i do love mobius though like i do think it's the it's it's my favorite of of the ones that are out at the moment um other than opera omnia but anyways uh this next one is from good Codicius, who said, who asks, this next one is from Codicius, who asks, is a Final Fantasy VIII remaster in the works, especially with Vernoa be- recently being added into Dissidia, looking oh so fine. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they were planning it. Yeah, uh, I think they've got to get the Seven remake, like at least some way done first. Um, I think they need to stop giving their characters nose jobs, though, because seriously, like. Titus is going to end up with no nose at all at this point. Like, and Renoa's nose is completely different. I'm sorry. I noticed noses. They'd like, oh, like they just, yeah, they're just really like just fine tuning. They're giving them a lot of plastic surgery, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too keen on. Well, I mean, Renoa had a rough starting point mm. in, in Final Fantasy VIII. So, she I mean, she's quite cute though. Like in, in her FMVs. Yeah, in her FMVs. In her FMVs, she was always so sweet. She looked like Camilla Bell, and now she doesn't yep. look like Camilla Bell at all. Um, but yeah, like I um I don't know. I mean, I think it would be cool. I know a lot of people were predicting that like something was gonna be announced at E three and that it didn't happen. Um Well, I think one of the rumors was they were gonna announce the remaster collection yeah. kind of thing. But I mean I honestly like if they are working on it. It's probably in the very, very, very early stages, and I think they should keep their mouths shut. Well, Kataze did say that he would want to make it, and yeah. if he was going to make it, then he'd put in some of those fan theories. Um, but they did say that six was going to be the next one they do if they do one. Mm. So do one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I like whether or not I would like it. I would like it. 
I would, I would like an eight remake. Don't, Lauren. They they're so struggling so much with the seven I remaster know, now. I know. I know. Well, just don't put the same people on it. Oh wait. Well, technically, Caduceus asked remaster, remaster not remake. That's true. Remaster. remaster. I think that would be good if they did a remaster. Just like recover the audio. Make, yeah, make the music not suck in the. Yeah, port. make me not have to download something that was created by someone else in order to make the music work on the game, please. Correctly. Yes. All right. Okay, um, so- yeah. Okay, so this next question is from Lewis James. He wants to know, on the theme of Renoa being added to Dissidia, who do you think is going to be the next three characters going to be added? At this point, you know, it's it's pretty much a crapshoot just because, like, I haven't been right on, like, any of them. <laughs> like, I haven't been right on, like, one. Like, all of these... Except for Locke. Locke was the only one that I sort of like... That was the one was, that everyone pretty much everyone knew. Everyone pretty much knew. And I thought that would be a good shout. Um, but like with the next few, I mean, you have one who's um male character from the new... new well, there's two. Two part. male characters yeah, from the new two half. two male characters from the new half. And one old character. And one old female character. I've Not l- old in terms of age. Yeah, no. But old in terms of... She's been in the franchise before yeah but she's from the newer half with that in mind like a lot of people are predicting yuna um which i would think would be a fair i mean there aren't any other female characters that have been in the franchise before that are from the new half i don't think well like yeah yeah well i guess uh prish is a potential yeah prish um i think that's it yeah i don't like there wasn't anybody added from 13 there wasn't anybody added from 14 there wasn't anybody from nine 12 um anybody else from 12 yeah but yeah yeah because i mean yuna's the only one yuna is literally the only one and which prish. also yeah yuna and prish yeah so it's gonna be also, one of those two pretty much which also kind of makes me depressed because like i would i would love a new uh well i mean we just got a new female character didn't we with renoa but i would love another one i want another one i'm just confused as to why tifa is not being added i know tifa would be so cool because they don't have a monk at the moment do they nope they have no monks no monks uh and then the other ones um what's it new and new so i mean noctis is already in there i don't see them adding another 15 character i mean they could add a 14 character like yoshida said he wants to add them supporting characters in there Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's there's just too many like well, we don't it's not going to be Gabranth. it's going to be Zaz instant <laughs> instant it's going to be Zaz more guns yep um no like oh I would love it well I mean I would love it if maybe it was they're going to get around the whole monk thing by adding snow in yeah that's true um but like I would love it if they would add like well Balthier would be a great one for me I know that they've already added a 12 one but I would have loved to have Balthier in it um and also like somebody from nine because um i mean vivi would be fun because like it would be another black mage but then i feel like that would be really similar to kuja in some ways i think he'd just be adorable and people would just want to play with him mm. oh, that sounds really wrong okay and this next one is from king explosion murder all caps <laughs> all caps who asks, uh, do you prefer Final Fantasy games where you have an, your entire cast of characters from the beginning, such as Final Fantasy X-2 and 15, 
Um, or do you prefer games where you meet your group along the way and you can unlock secret characters too? I really love the latter where you unlock your characters as you go along. I mm-hmm. think if you meet them all at the beginning, it just kind of, it makes the story less predict, more predictable. Sorry. Like I really love uh, stories that have that unpredictable element in them. Um, and Final Fantasy 15 didn't have that at all. Like I just, I, I really enjoy it when you're like, oh, like Final Fantasy Nine was a great one where you just meet all these people along the way and they kind of join your cast and and then you have to think about they generally integrate in the story so you're forced to use them yeah and you get to experiment a little bit more. I think six was probably the worst one for that in some <laughs> ways because while it did force you to had split so up, many. it was generally just the main troop, but they added so many more like additional characters outside of that that you just basically would never even think about using i'm actually going to go against that and i'm going to say that i do actually prefer to have everybody there but then say um, like final fantasy 8 right that's your yeah. one of your favorite games it and, is one and of my final favorite fantasy games 10 as well like you get people added in like you don't just start with all all of them instantly it's true but i just always think about the fact that like there's always a character that i neglect and then i have to use them and then i get really pissed off when i have to use them like i think about like so basically what you're saying is you only want games that have three or four playable characters yeah I, that's it you don't I'm, want any more i'm happy with that i'm i i love 10 gameplay i love the way that you can just focus on the characters but they also they level up in their jobs separately like i think that that's that's an interesting element that makes it seem as though you have a bigger party but it's just because you but but don't you feel spheres? as though final fantasy 10 would have been a crappy game if i only had three characters yeah yeah maybe but um, I mean, like, I I know I know that there's a lot of people online, especially Dark Kefka, who really, really, really love Riku. I didn't use her like at all. I hated her. I just I I she just no, but fell for the into story, the background. Though. For the story, yeah, but like for the gameplay, I much prefer having a smaller cast. Like I just do. Like that's just me. Like it, it's totally cool if you're if you're against it, but that's just that's just how I feel. Get out. I know <laughs> because like Ten Two had characters who you got to know outside of the main three anyway. They just weren't playable. Like because you got to know Gipple, you got to know Nuge, you got to know LeBlanc, and like they were still a part of the story. They just weren't playable and that's okay but i feel okay. so like with final fantasy 15 they tried to do that with like core for example but you just end up they're just kind well, of there in the peripheral core could have been more a part of the story to be fair i i yeah i i i, I kind of prefer the older approach where it's just you don't know who's gonna necessarily join join in and like if you think about the way that final fantasy 8 story developed so you start off with school then you have Quistis for a bit. Then you have School and Zell and Sifa. Then you have uh, Renawa like added in. Like it's just they kind of build up and build down and build up and build down. Yeah. And it's only at a certain point when you have access to all of them. So you do have that kind of thing. Um, yeah, like certain characters you just don't use because you just get kind of stuck in your ways. Like mm-hmm. I used School, Zell, and Renawa for the longest time. But then, but-, but then you think about the fact that, like, I mean. Well, granted, the the story of three isn't necessarily the strongest, but like three had only four main characters, and so did one. And so did one. So it's just like you know they 
they worked and I liked the gameplay in both those games. But those stories weren't exactly advanced. The stories weren't advanced. No, no, no. But no, I I would prefer to have less just so that I have less to manage. Less is more. Less is more. Okay, so our next question is from Simo who wants to know which classic Final Fantasy enemy do you feel most guilty about killing in battle? For him, it's Muse. Yeah. Muse in Final Fantasy IX. Little squirrels. They are little squirrels. I mean, I did... I don't like I don't like killing yeah little cute creatures like in fourteen where you have to go out and kill some like really adorable the mandragoras. Oh my goodness, they're so cute, and they have wasn't there like little sheep guys as well? I swear there was like mm. little sheep guys, and and yeah, um, I always feel really bad when I hit a chocobo. I really do. Like I think hitting chocobos is like a sin. It's like you should just have game over if you hit a chocobo. Um but yeah, that's probably that's probably my thing. I'm gonna have to go with the Yan. The Yan? The Yan in Final Fantasy Nine. No. The, the the sheep. No. I mean the the angry ones maybe not so much, but the friendly ones. Yeah. It's, so it's all the cute cuddly ones. Mm. It just makes you feel like a horrible person. Especially you with your shooting chocobos in the face. I know. I know. Anyway, so on that lovely note, we're going to uh, finish up the questions there. So thank you to everyone who submitted for us to answer. And we're now going to go on to our music segment, which is from Final Fantasy X. It's an arrangement of uh, the Mount Gazette theme, People of the North, and it's by Tom Winter. It's a nice acoustic theme. Mm. 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 So our next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 7th of August. Feel free to subscribe to us on the iTunes store. And of course, if you just search for Final Fantasy, we're there or thereabouts. Also, check out the YouTube channel and uh, all our news coverage by Brayden at FinalFantasyUnion.com. Thanks, Brayden. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, please feel free to head over to patreon.com forward slash FFKHUnion. And with that, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, everyone. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyUnion.com production.